Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is episode 92, of course, the Red and White Authority presented by Labatt. And uh, yesterday we previewed game one of the GLI tournament, which takes place on uh, Sunday, December 30th, and also on Monday, uh, December 31st, New Year's Eve day. Uh, yesterday we talked to Mel Pearson, the head coach of the University of Michigan, and Joe Sean, the head coach of Michigan Tech University, as they will meet at 1 o'clock. Today on episode 92 of the Red and White Authority, we will be talking to uh, Damon Witten, the head coach of Lake Superior State, and Danton Cole, the head coach of Michigan State University. Those two clubs will uh, get underway at a roughly 4 o'clock at Little Caesars Arena on the 30th, after the uh, Michigan Tech and Michigan Hockey Game. And as I said, Labatt is our presenter and sponsor here of the Red and White Authority. And I want to remember, Red Wing fans, it's time for Labatt Blue, the official beer of the Detroit Red Wings. From the first puck drop to the final horn, we can't get enough of Labatt Blue. All the way up to uh, the nosebleeds at Little Caesars Arena, it's all red and white here. Remember, the limited edition Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue light Detroit Red Wing cans are still available. Get them while they're cold. And as always, enjoy Labatt Blue. And drink our premium beer responsibly. So let's uh, get kicked off with uh, our first coach, and that is Damon Witten from the Lake Superior State uh, Lakers as he uh, previews his clash with Michigan State, which will be game two of the GLI on Sunday, December 30th against the Michigan State Spartans. Let's talk to, well, a former Spartan himself, Damon Witten. Let's welcome in the head coach of the Lake Superior State Lakers, uh, Damon Witten. Uh, Damon, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time and uh, being on the Red and White Authority. No, absolutely. Great to be here. I appreciate you, uh, you know, doing this. And obviously, college hockey has a long-standing history in Detroit, so we're, we're excited to be part of it. This year's uh, rendition of the Great Lakes Invitational. I'm a Michigan native, so it's great to get on and talk a little NCAA hockey. Well, you know, let, let me ask you about that, because, you know, certainly Lake State is uh, is a fine hockey program. I mean, they've won national championships, uh, maybe not the biggest school in the world, but certainly can compete on the Division One level in, uh, in hockey. How important is the GLI to Lake State to have that presence in Detroit? Yeah, it, it's big, you know. Uh, we want to be, uh, you know, great down there. Obviously, as you said, we're, we're one of five NCAA programs in the state, and uh, having a presence in that area with such a hockey hotbed and a ton of talent that comes to the NCAA. So for us, we're really looking forward to it. Obviously, it's a, it's a great tournament, you know, a long history in Detroit with the Red Wings. And, um, you know, for us to be in this year's tournament, it's great. I remember back in 99 playing Lake State when I was a player in the tournament. I remember growing up watching Lake State in the tournament. Uh, we were just down there in Plymouth playing the National 18 program uh, last weekend there. And uh, so it, it's good to be down there. You know, for me, it's home. For my, Our whole staff is from the area. So for us, it's nice to, to be home, especially around the holidays, but uh, even more so to be playing in front of that talent base. All these young kids coming up watching the Lakers is really important for our program. Well, I'll tell you what, I know you're born in Brighton, Michigan, and Brighton always has a special place in my heart. Uh, my first commercial radio job was at WHMI out in Howell, which was the voice of Livingston County. So uh, uh, very well aware of at least Livingston County in that area. And as you said, being local here, uh, I'm wondering, you played for the Spartans uh, from 97 through 2001, uh, and you're facing them in the uh, second game of the semifinals Uh uh, at uh, I believe a four o'clock face-off uh, on the thirtieth, and uh, you know 
how is it? And I know you probably coached about, uh, against them before, but you know, going against uh, uh, Danton and uh, the the green and white of MSU. Well, yeah. I mean, like you said, it's we we've been in that arena. We played. They've been up to our place and played, and then some other places. You know, that Michigan Tech played in the Great Lakes Invitational before. So it's you know that that part's gone. I mean, I love the school, love the program. It's uh, I've got two degrees from there. Met my wife there, so it's uh, it's a program we follow. And then when they're not playing the Lakers, you know, well, we can pull for them a little bit. But for us, uh, you know, we're worried about the Lake State team and then our players and, and preparing um, you know for Michigan State in that first night. And uh, it's going to be a, it's a great weekend you know obviously two big 10 schools that have a powerful footprint down in michigan and you know michigan tech the longtime host and a league rival now with the new the new makeup over the last couple of years and for us like you said you know we've got five national championships we've got a tremendous history and tradition we're trying to kind of build that back up and get rolling again so it's just going to be uh you know a night we're looking forward to not because we're playing michigan state or um you know anything like that just because it's a, it's a chance for us to, to play down there and make a statement it's been a real strong start for our program and it's been a couple of weeks ranked in the top 20, and, uh, you know, this is our journey to get back in that rankings and, and keep uh, building on a strong first half. When you look at uh, uh, Lake State or the importance, I guess, of playing down here in Detroit, which you just uh, talked about, uh, you know, obviously the, the tournament began 54 years ago at Olympia, moved over to the Joe Louis Arena. This is the second year at uh, uh, at Little Caesars Arena. Uh you know, playing in that NHL environment, uh, I would imagine it doesn't take much to get the Lakers up to play in, to play at Little Caesars Arena. No, exactly. I mean, I think being in those environments, we were on Pittsburgh last year playing at uh, PPG Arena there for for. Uh... Christmas tournament as well, and anytime you get a chance, you know, we, we go down to Huntsville Place, and we try to stop off in Nashville and at least get a practice in there. So being in that environment, you know, obviously uh, for all of our players, it's their dream come true to play at the National Hockey League level, and so a chance to kind of showcase and get that NHL feel a little bit. So there'll be excitement that way, and certainly our Michigan natives, um, you know, they're a lot like me, where we grew up attending, you know, Mike York's on my staff, and um, certainly he played there a lot as an NHLer, but, uh, you know, we also grew up going to this event, and so our guys understand the of it, and what it means in the state, a very visible stage uh, for, for everybody, and, and so there's just there's a lot of excitement going into it. Um, you know, got a handful of days off here with the holiday break, but when we re, uh, meet up on the 26th, uh, just going to be a lot of excitement to, to make our way down there, and like you said, playing Little Caesars Arena and, and on that stage. What do you remember about the playing in the GLI? Well, you know, some of my memories go back to even younger, just like you said, uh, mm-hmm. attending as a young kid and then going in and you got the bands playing and the different sections and, um, you know, for, for me it was a family event. My brothers, my parents, you know, we'd go down there and uh, just it was an awesome weekend of college hockey and that was kind of my first taste of uh, on a big stage of it, certainly Red Wings games growing up, but that's a big part of it. And then as you said, as a player, again, just being in Joe Louis Arena, the history tradition and uh, I think walking, um, you know, down that hallway to the locker room and then looking at the Stanley Cup winners and then getting on the ice and looking at the banners, uh, you just can't beat that feeling of it. So again, just a, a lot of excitement, a lot of energy uh, to be in the building. I haven't even been in the arena yet, so for me, coming down a little to the arena, uh, being up here in the UP where we're not uh, overly handy to get down there, so it'll have a little bit different feel for myself this year, uh, but our guys will understand the magnitude of it and be really excited and, and prepared for it. When you look at uh, look at the season, and let's turn to uh, to your Laker club, as you said you know you're you're in a bit of a retooling but it seems that 
it's beginning to pay off this year. I mean, I look at your overall record of 9-6-1. Home record's a little odd, 2-5-1, and, and the away record 7-1 thus far. So I'm, I'm kind of curious. This has been, I guess, a little bit of a roller coaster ride, but I would imagine that you have to be fairly pleased that you're seeing progress with this team. Yeah, it was a solid first half. Um, you know, we've got a good senior group that leads us. It's a small class of only four seniors, but real experienced players, real good players, and provide outstanding leadership on and off the ice. Um, you know, we had some good teams, and Michigan came up for a series. We had a good win Friday night, and then they bounced back Saturday and knocked us off. Uh, Minnesota State Mankato was up a few weeks back, and uh, I think they're the number three ranked team in the country when they came in. And really, one weekend we can point at too um, that, that we didn't take advantage uh, of home ice. But beyond that, it's been a, a real strong schedule that way, and, and we've played well, and maybe haven't got results one or two nights. And on the road, it's it certainly um, you know been a different story. We've been tremendous on the road, and again, I think I'll point to that that senior leadership group. One of them, the goaltender Nick Kossoff, he's been very solid for us um, and done a really good job early on. And, and our seniors just, you know, they've been through all the battles now, you know, going into Yost and, and going on the road all across the country and have us prepared to play. So uh, we're going to view this as, a, as road games. as kind of a neutral site, you know, but uh, we'll view those road games and hope we keep that good road record going. When you look at uh, at Lake State and you said that you try to schedule, um, you know, people would look at it as far as saying, well, when a uh, your Division One obviously in hockey a little bit smaller school is it difficult to get people to come up to Lake State to play you from the hockey side well you know what it's not for everybody Art uh, yeah. you know some kids that that are going to want to be in a bigger city it's probably not going to be a fit and I think you just try to be honest about that in the recruiting process and and let them know you know it's a, it's a great place uh, you know to, to be in a hockey atmosphere you know the one thing we can sell over maybe some other schools is that hockey's the big sport and right. if you want to you know know everybody to know you and then be the big sport on campus it's a great place we have tremendous resources um, you know combined with Sault Ste. Marie Ontario we, we do have you know 100,000 people over the bridge and uh, so there's a lot to offer for the right kid but certainly for a kid looking to live in um, you know a bigger city uh, you know we're probably going to look in some different directions there but there's, there's a lot of hockey players all over uh, you, you, if you haven't looked at our roster closely that you'll yet you'll see that we kind of mirror maybe the Red Wings or an NHL team with a lot of European influence on our team I think we've got three Swedes, a lot being a German, actually a Japanese native as well. So, um, you know, most of those kids have come to the U.S. and played the junior hockey. But uh, we're definitely reflected NHL locker room in terms of a real European and international influence in our, in our locker room. Well, I've, I've, I've seen games at Lake State. I, I think it's a wonderful environment. Uh, yeah, I, I'm real curious. You brought up the European influence. When you were a player, and I've talked to several of the Red Wings, I, I thought that maybe Gus Nyquist was one of the first Swedes, uh, maybe along with Carl Hagelin or, or guys that I, that I covered and talked to, that, that American college or university was an option for them. Uh, is that just the evolution of the game? I mean, the European influence... When do you think that began, them yeah, coming I, over no, here to play? Yeah, those, those were certainly, you know, some of the, the big wave more recently. I think you can go back some other years. There was the occasional guy uh, down the road that was, that was real, uh, you know, real unique for them to do it. And now those guys, as you mentioned, you know, most kids in, in Sweden know Nyquist and know Haglin and, and those guys who've come over and made it more and more prevalent. Um, you know, Mankato, we mentioned, in one of the top five in the country. They have a couple Germans. Uh, we have Lucas Keibel, who represents Germany on the international stage. Uh, 
Merrick Smith is our Latvian goaltender. He represents Latvia on the international stage as well. So I think those guys who have been at the elite level in their countries, they've come to North America quite a bit and played and been exposed a little bit. But certainly important for those trailblazers over the last five, eight, ten years, like Nyquist and Haglin, who have made that pass. And now that they play in the NHL, it's a pretty big... Um, you know, example for kids back in their native countries to say, hey, I can come over and get a degree and still get to the NHL. And so it's really opened up more and more. And again, when you look at that NHL lock, uh, that, that Detroit Red Wings locker room, you see the European influence there. And that's just everywhere. Our, our junior leagues, um, you know, all over North America have a, have a big European influence as well. So it's really just continuing to evolve and grow more and more. You know, I would imagine then that you're recruiting you know, you have to have tentacles all over the world now. I mean, it's such an international game. Yeah, no question. And I, I think with kids today, as you probably see and know, um, you know, they're, they're all so connected, whether, you know, it's Swedes or our American-based players from some Swedes, whether they played a tournament at some point growing up. But they all, they're all so connected, and your players are really important recruiters for you. Um, so, you know, we, we definitely use that a little bit in those connections. But you definitely want to have your tentacles, whether it's uh, contacts over in Europe or the NHL guys that spend time over there. Uh, it's really important to use that base because there's kids looking everywhere for a chance to get an education and play NCAA hockey as they pursue their dreams of playing in the NHL. When I looking at at your team, let's preview maybe some of the players that that fans can expect on the uh, uh, on the thirtieth and thirty first. Um, you're playing Michigan State, as we said in the uh, in, in the first round or the uh, semifinals of the GLI. How about up front or some of the forwards that the fans can uh, can expect to see? It seems like you have uh, you know a couple of seniors in uh, Anthony Nellis and I believe Diego. Kellyetti, uh, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing oh, yeah. that name, but uh, you know, it looks like you have some players up front. Yeah, no question. It's uh, you know, I think we're we're, we're a pretty solid offensive team. Uh, you know, led by that that senior group in particular. Anthony Ellis is leading our team in scorer. Uh, he's an assistant captain for us and having a tremendous year. Uh, Diego Cuglietta and Gage Terrell are two other senior forwards. Kind of kind of pace down. And again, these guys are very experienced players. They've done a really good job uh, over the last four years, and it's really paying off now. When they came in, we were a little bit um, you know in a rebuild and a coaching change going on. So they've really grown with this program and let us through. Uh, we're also getting a lot of contributions from our back end. I think we have one of the highest scoring decors in the country. Um, you know, Colin Sockerman's got seven goals as a defenseman, which I think is second or third in the NCAA. Uh, we've got a freshman Swede defenseman, Jacob Nordquist, who's at 12 or 13 points, one of the top uh, scoring freshman defensemen in the country. We mentioned Lucas Keibel, one of our German players. He's got 12 or 13 points as well. Um, you know, Steven Ruggiero, the Anaheim draft pick, is uh, chipping in with three goals. He's more of a big shutdown defenseman. Uh, so, yeah, we're we're, we're, we're pretty balanced in our scoring, uh, getting it from both ends, but um, you know we'll, we'll need that certainly against a strong Michigan State team as well. Well, the three uh, players that you just mentioned, uh, they have 36 points between them, which from the back end is uh, obviously pretty good. You talked a little bit about uh, Kazoff, the goaltender, but I look at uh, uh, Merrick's, uh, is it Mitten's? Is that how he says his last name? Merrick's Mittens. Yep. It is Mittens. Okay, I figured, no, that's just yeah. too easy. Can't be that. Yeah, right. I mean, that's that is a good name. But both of these, uh, both of these young men, their numbers are uh, are pretty impressive. I mean, anytime I think in college hockey that you're at ninety percent or above, you're doing a heck of a job if you're in net. 
Yeah, you know, pretty good. I mean, in today's world, you know, you keep seeing that creep up and creep up uh, at the NHL level as well. So they, they've had a good start. We, we rotated both our goaltenders, I don't know, the first four or five, maybe even six weeks. And then uh, our senior, Nick Kossoff, uh, provided a little bit of separation as of late. And, uh, you know, he's done a really good job. And, um, you know, he catches uh, with his left hand, so a little bit of a different look there. But uh, a strong season so far for Nick Kossoff. And we'll need both those guys going in the second half. And it'll be kind of interesting, you know, if we rotate again for the GLI or ride one guy, but we haven't made those decisions until after Christmas when we meet up again. You know, let me ask you something, Damon, about uh, just about the philosophy with goaltenders. It always seemed that in college hockey, some schools like to play one guy and play one guy all the time. There were a couple schools I can remember, you know, Rico in my in Miami, Rico Bazzi, you know, always kind of likes to rotate his goaltenders. Uh, where do you stand on that? Would you like to have one guy and, and have a backup? Or it seems that college hockey might be more attuned to having a rotation in that. Well, it's really challenging because we only play the you know the, the 30, 38 games type thing. You don't have a lot of opportunities to, to give guys chances to, to earn bigger roles or you know an exhibition season type thing. Uh, so it's challenging. I think for for where we've been, just five years into it as a staff, um, you know we, we've been a little bit. Uh, more drawn up about where we're at in the recruiting process. And so, uh, you know, we had some good balance here this year with two capable guys, and we've rolled them, giving both some opportunities there as well. So, um, you know, I, I guess I go back to my experience. We had we had All-American goaltenders when I was a player, Ryan Miller, Chad Alvin, guys like that. We kind of rolled one guy. Um, but for me, it's, it's more about the makeup of your team. If we have two guys who can play or three guys who can play, we'll play them. Uh, if there's one guy that's kind of separated, we'll play that one guy. So to me, I think it's just more year-to-year and uh, maybe where you're at in the recruiting process. You know, you guys trade, you, you, you draft, things like that. But, um, you know, we're a little bit more locked in with our players. We can't make those trades or call-ups, things like that. So to me, it just depends on um, your roster and where you're at in your goaltender recruitment. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I think that, that that's a that's a great answer because obviously your job is uh, not only it's short term, long term, but it's about W's, and you know, you put your team in the best position to win, and, and certainly if rotating goaltenders is part of that equation, that's exactly what you're going to do. Yeah, you're, yeah, no, exactly. That's that's what it boils down to, and you know, I, I think uh, I can't remember where it was at when Rico had that three, four years down at Miami. Like he said, every other night they just rolled two, two great goaltenders there. So you do see it occasionally, and um, again, I think it's just it, it just team to team, and then what you have between the pipes. When you uh, look at uh, this game coming up against uh, uh, against Michigan State, we've already uh, uh, for people maybe. Uh, We've already, you, you know, even though you play for the Spartans, you know, you're not going to be, you know, your heart, heart's not going to be fluttering when you see the, uh, 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 the, the the green and white out there on the the ice. You're all about winning. But what are the keys to victory against a Michigan State team that is very similar to your team is uh, uh, kind of retooling at this point? Yeah. Uh, well, you certainly look at that top line. Uh, you know, I think it's nicknamed the KHL line there. Terrell Harisi having a, a tremendous year is one of the top scores in the NCAA. And, uh, you know, playing with uh, Kodorenko and Lewandowski, you know, it's a line that you have to be very aware of. And, uh, you know, make sure you're, you're matching up as best you can. We'll be the visiting team so we don't get the benefit of matching directly. Uh, but, you know, limiting that, that line that they do a lot of their damage offensively. Uh, I think you see a strong power play as well. So it's certainly having some discipline. 
and, and try to play five on five game. Uh, it looks like they've been a little bit banged up on the back end, so we don't quite know, you know, what what their back end will be. Uh, and then rotated some goaltenders as well. So, um, you know, we want to we want to worry more about who we are and the way we're playing than, than too many things about Michigan State. But I think that's a couple things that pop out. Um, you know, getting after their D uh, a little bit because they've been banged up and limited some games, and then just uh, really being aware of that uh, KHL line in particular. When you look at the, uh, uh, you, you meet for the 26, the fellows have been off for a little while, um, you walk into the room, what is Damon Witten? Does he try to fire him up? Are you trying to gauge where they're at because they've had a little bit of a holiday, you know, the home with the family? Uh, you think maybe, God, I don't want them to be too relaxed, or I want them to come in relaxed and, you know, have celebrate the holiday season and all that kind of stuff, and turn it, can you turn it around, I guess, quickly to focus them on hockey? Yeah, you, I think you can. I think there's, uh, you know, the break comes at a good time, and it's pretty standard NCAA. So a lot of us are, are pretty familiar with it. Uh, you know, getting that, getting through finals, and, and then getting home. Um, you know, so it, it's a pretty structured routine. And so yeah, I mean, I definitely think guys will be recharged and ready to go. So I, I don't think in the 26 we need to be, uh, you know, chomping at the bit there. We got a couple days to prepare, and um, you know, we'll use our time wisely to, to work through a lot of different areas. And I, I think in the 27th we'll probably go 20 on the ice, maybe the 28th as well. So there, there's a lot of time, um, you know, to, to get uh, our structure back in place and get through some things and prepare for Michigan State. And then, again, I, I think the venue, um, I think getting down to Little Caesars Arena, uh, knowing what's on the line, a lot of that will come from within the team. You know, they'll have themselves prepared to play, and we won't have to too, uh, worry too much about finding the guys up. That will come internally, a lot of it. So, so to, to, to put it, you're not going to walk in and start peeling paint off the walls and saying, okay, guys, uh, the holiday's over, let's focus. You know, you, you have time where you can kind of not ease into it, but, you know, allow the fellas to, uh, you know, get their legs back. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, we've already, we've already got our practice designed and laid out, so we, uh, you know, you can always change that if you don't like the way things go, but, uh, you know, we understand we've got guys traveling from all over the world, and, um, you know, not, not every NCAA team will have that, but we've got guys, like I said, from all over Europe and all over the world there, so we expect a little bit of rust on, on that travel day, and the guys are getting back into town, more about getting out there and then touching some pucks, getting a good sweat on, and then uh, the next two days, they're kind of ratchet up there a little bit as well, so no, I, you know, for us, it's going to be about getting back on the ice and and reconnecting there, I understand that on 26 it's going to be uh, you know potentially a little bit of uh, rust uh, with, with everything that's going on, the layoff, the travel, and things like that. Um, you know, so no, we'll we'll we'll, be, uh, we'll enjoy the moment, getting back to it. I know uh, you know we're all kind of eager to get away, and then 48 hours later you're, you're missing practice and missing your teammates. So um, guys will be real excited to be back and reconnecting. You know, I know you said you you know you you grew up here in Southeast Michigan, and you're from Michigan. You're living in the UP now. What does it mean to you personally to be in this GLI and be close to home, even though it'll be the new year, but probably a place where you don't get back to as often uh, as you would like, simply because of the job you have. Yeah, certainly in season, there's there's not much time to get down there, and uh, you know my my family's uh, big in hockey at all levels, and so they're they're very busy as well in season. But um, you know it was good. Like I said, we were just down to play the, down to Plymouth to the national program game, and uh, we got to get some recruiting in. We got to see some family in. So for us, it's a chance. Um, 
you know, in between games. And uh, we leave for Alaska a day or two after, so we're going to stay down an extra day or two uh, in, in Detroit area and, uh, you know, catch up with family there. But it, it, it's a tough job, as you know. We were talking off the air before about your holiday travel, and it, it, it's difficult, you know. We've got a young family here, and, uh, you know, people spread out all over down there. So we're going to try to enjoy that part of it as well, and um, even the, the few minutes you get around pre- and post-game to, to see uh, parents and, and, and nieces and nephews, um, you know, you, you try to separate that for a few moments as you're preparing a hockey team. And I, I think to be a successful coach, you got to find those opportunities moments and even model it for your players because they're going to be, if they play as long as they dream of playing, they're going to be husbands and, and, and fathers one day and you got to find a way to show those guys that you got to appreciate those moments as well. So we'll definitely find our spots in between preparing for Michigan State and, and hopefully a championship uh, game the next night. Well, uh, Damon Witten, head coach of Lake Superior State, thanks for joining us on the Red and White Authority. Uh, you're in the second game on the 30th, playing Michigan City, as we said, 4 o'clock face-off at Little Caesars Arena uh, in the 54th uh, Annual Great Lakes Invitational Tournament. I wish you nothing but success. Best of luck, and uh, I'll tell you, the Lakers have been a prominent program for a long, long time, and with you at the helm, it looks like they're going to be back there very, very soon. Thank you, Damon. Appreciate it. Well, yeah, thank you for having me on. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and go Lakers. Thank you. Best of luck to Damon Witten and his Lakers from Lake Superior State as they take on Michigan State on Sunday, December 30th in Game 2 of the GLI at Little Caesars Arena, roughly at around 4 o'clock on the 30th. And uh, let's turn our attention now to the Michigan State Spartans and their head coach, Dan Cole. Let's welcome Dan Cole into the Red and White Authority. Let's bring in the uh, bench boss, the head coach of the Michigan State Spartans, Danton Cole. And uh, Dan, welcome to the Red and White Authority. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I guess second year in, uh, maybe compare and contrast. Going into this year as opposed to last year, certainly you must have a better feel for the Spartans. And I guess like any season for a head coach, there's probably been a few ups and downs for you. Well, yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know the, you know the nature of college hockey is, uh, you know, it's it, it's a, it's very competitive, and you know if, if you're not playing real well, and you know up and down your lineup, not just a couple lines, you can lose anybody on any any night. And I think that's that's been kind of proven. You know, there's probably three or four teams that you know are winning uh, seven out of eight games, and everybody else is is kind of fighting along. So, um, and we're no different. But uh, certainly, the second year, I feel. You know a lot better about the team i think that you know we just do a lot of things better and you know we're, we're a little bit older i think we had 19 freshmen and sophomores last year and i think we have 15 this year so we're still relatively young um and, and not as deep as we want to be but um you know what we're pretty good we have an understanding our practices are better our work habits are better and um i think the product on the ice is better and we just uh, got to keep plugging and figuring out how to win games you know every coach that i've ever talked to says first and foremost you have to be a teacher uh is the is the number one asset i would imagine maybe the number two asset would be patience because as you said you had a very young team this year or last year it's still young uh do you uh do you find yourself sometimes biting your tongue or do you have to coach individually meaning each player almost separately in a team concept if that makes any sense yeah well you know what it's a combination of that like you really do 
you know, you have to develop them individually. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got you got six guys out on the ice and, and there has to be cohesion there and there has to be, you know, an understanding of what you're trying to accomplish 200 feet of the ice. And, um, you know, it has to be a little build like ballroom dancing. Everybody's got to be on the same page or be kind of a mess. So, you know, that's that's how we approach it. And teaching wise, you know, you have to kind of deal on, on both sides. And I think in explaining to them, you know, younger kids today, there's always, you know, they want to know the why. And and uh, we do this because <laughs> it gets us better and gets the team better. So, you know, you have to take a lot of time, but uh, but that's the fun aspect of it. And I think, you know, coming from the, the U.S. program was, was a incredible background for me to, you know, to kind of go through that process and start with a new group every two years and have a two-year plan and kind of build off of that. And we've, we've kind of done that a little bit here with, uh, with the Spartans. And, um, you know, uh, steadfastness is uh, patient endurance, and that's what that's what coaching is. Yeah, it's well, it's, it, it certainly sounds like it. I, I, I you know, I, I've been in this game a long time, and it, it doesn't matter if uh, if you're just a, a pee wee coach, because I watch sometimes the uh, uh, at the Belfort Training Center the Little Caesars program going through uh, going through their motions, and you know they have uh, teams of all ages uh, at the Belfort Center, and, and and all the way up to the Red Wings, who obviously practice there too, and it just seems that coaches regardless of the age are all like they, they have the same histrionics if that makes sense I uh, trying to get a message through but also trying to uh, uh, kind of level everything out and kind of calm everyone down I mean I, yeah I know I've asked you this before but it, it, it does seem that even though you're a teacher you're really a psychologist as well at times regardless well, of the age <laughs> of the kid I guess no yeah you are and that's uh, um you know, we. You know, if you could go back, you would probably uh, at school throw throw at least a minor in, if not a not a major in psychology. And you know, we we had we have sports psychologists now. We have a fantastic sports psychiatrist at Michigan State, and you know what? We work with those guys a lot because when you come down to it, you're right. It's it's teaching, and a big part of that is figuring out how kids learn. And you know, Johnny and Jimmy don't learn the same way. And and you as a a good teacher, you got to figure out hey, what's what's the best way to communicate with them, what's the best way to get that message across, and then um, you figure that out and, and try and work that way. But it's it's a big part of it, and you want to keep guys involved. You want to keep them, you know, you don't want them to get too comfortable, but you want them to be uh, you know happy where they're at. So there's there's a lot of things that go into it. But I've you know as I've gone through coaching, I think it's my 22nd year now. I just that's probably the part I enjoy the most is just working with young men and seeing them grow up and seeing them get better on and off the ice. Well, I know one thing that uh, that uh, uh, you enjoy and enjoyed as a player is playing in the Great Lakes Invitational Tournament, uh, 54th annual coming up on the 30th and 31st. Uh, you're in the second game on the 30th, uh, uh, and it uh, should be a, a, a great. Uh, uh, a great contest against Lake State, who, and I unfortunately don't follow college hockey quite as closely as I used to. Uh, my Red Wing duties have been all-encompassing this year, which is fine. Uh, but uh, uh, Lake State seems to be a bit of a surprise team this year, or, or maybe they snuck up on me because this looks like this is going to be a terrific hockey game between the two of you. No, it should be, and they're, 
you know what, Damon's done a great job, and they're they're an extremely hardworking team, and you know they've got some spread out scoring, which you know we're all looking for is a nice thing to have, and um, and they've got good goaltending, so it's a good combination. I think you know last year they started out real well, and then then hit some rough spots, but um, I think you could see that there was the bones of a team, and and I think Damon, like we were talking earlier, I think he you know hung in there and and and, and kept them going in the right way, but yeah, they've got some some good wins this year. Uh, they beat some good teams. They're uh, I think 19th in the pairwise, so they're, you know, knocking at the door uh, in the computer rankings to be eligible for the NCAA playoffs. So, no, they're having a heck of a year, and uh, it'll be a good test for us. Now, the kids are on uh, the kids, uh, you know, the hockey players, the Spartans are on uh, on a bit of a break. I know you get them. What I, I would imagine next week, leading up to this, uh, is it difficult after after the holiday season? Although probably starting off with the GLI to kick off the second half of the season is a good way. Uh, you know, is there a little rust? Are they ready to go or or do you have to walk into the room for the first time after not seeing him for a while and uh, and try to gauge where everyone is at? Well, hope, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, fingers crossed. You hope there's not too much rust. And our guys, we we played the U.S. team on Saturday night, and so our, our guys will be home for about ten days. And you know, they'll work out and they'll get on the ice. And um, I, I just I think the break for us came at a really good time. We've been we've been grinding her out pretty well. We've been on the road a lot, and and you know, we start training in late August when the guys get to school and. You know, it's been pretty straight through. So I think physically the guys are good. I think mentally it's a great time for a break. So I'm hoping, my mind is that, you know, we come back physically, we're fine, we're rested, rejuvenated, but mentally, you know, really chomping to get at it. And the Great Lakes has always been a great way to come out of Christmas and kind of get the second half going. And I know Coach Mason always used to look at it as a good barometer for the second half and, uh, you know, get yourself going and then jump back into league play right away. Well, I, I, you know, you just said it. How it, It's a very important tournament. It's the oldest college hockey tournament. Uh, you, Michigan, and then Michigan Tech, you know, you're all kind of the sponsors of it. How important do you think it is having four Michigan schools in it? Nothing against Bowling Green, who I think won it last year. but And I know that there's been different in, in high-powered uh, uh, college hockey programs that played in the GLI before. But, uh, you know, being at Little Caesars, being in downtown Detroit, the revitalization to have four schools from Michigan playing in this, I would imagine being Michigan State's head coach, that that's got to be a pretty cool feeling. Well, it is. And it's, it's a great showcase for college hockey. And then, you know, having uh – you know, another Michigan team, you know, jump in there with us, I think is even better. And, you know, I'll throw something else on there. Have, you know, the old CCHA schools and fan base. And, um, you know, we try and schedule one or two of the, the old rivalries every year uh, because of that. So having them in there, I think is, yeah, it just makes it a little extra special. And um, I think the crowds will be great and, and uh, you know, partisan and everybody will be uh, having a good time down there. But it, I think it adds a little extra flavor to it. And, and uh, I'm excited about it. Right. Yeah. I, you know, it's, I covered a lot of CCHA games over the years, and uh, you know a number have been to you know all the schools, and uh, yeah, I, I guess I really miss it. But progress goes on. Uh, the Big Ten Hockey Conference uh, adding Notre Dame last year. It finally seems like Danton that that conference is starting to kind of take form and take shape. I think it took a little bit longer uh, for the Big Ten Hockey Conference to really, I don't know, for lack of a better term, get going. And maybe it's because they had so many rivalries built into the conferences that they were in before they formed the Big Ten. Yeah, I think for the fans it did. And I think, uh, you know, everybody thought, hey, we're going to put this conference together. And, 
you know, they're going to run roughshod over everyone. Well, we, we know that's not true. College hockey is, is, is too even, and there's too many good players out there and too many good coaches in schools. But I think we have seen it kind of slowly, uh, you know, evolve over the years. And, and I think last year was a, a pretty good testament to that and having three teams in the final four. And, um, you know, just it's just very competitive, and it's a place that I think kids want to play in the Big Ten, and it's going to continue to get uh, better and better. And this year, I think we kind of picked up right where we left off. And, uh, you know, we've got some just really, really good teams. And, and every weekend, it's, uh, you know, we've talked about it a little bit. It's like football Saturday. <laughs> That's kind of how it feels. But you have to do it on Friday and on Saturday. And it's a, it's an emotional drain. And it's uh, it's big boy hockey and, and uh, just some really good teams. So it's, it's been fun. Yeah, yeah, it certainly, it certainly has been. And uh, I try to catch as many Big Ten uh, uh, games as possible, especially on uh, on television on the Big Ten Network. Let's uh, specifically talk about about your team and what the fans can, uh, some of the players that they can see. And I want to start off, and I hopefully I'm pronouncing his name correctly, with uh, Taro Hirose, who I saw at Red Wing Development Camp. And I'm going to be honest with you, Dan, Dan he stood out. He uh, he seems like a real player. I'm, you know, I, I don't know what happened, maybe his draft year or not, but. Uh, you know, I, I think that this is a kid that has a shot, real legitimate shot at being a player someday. No, he does, and you know he's he's the third leading scorer in the NCAA, and uh, um, he's he's got an elite uh, hockey mind and and in uh, hands, and he just he really thinks the game real well and makes a lot of plays. So he's he's really fun to watch. Um, you know, and anybody that comes to a game comes away saying, "Boy, that kid knows what he's doing out there." And you know, he plays on a, a really good line with Patrick Kotarenko and and uh, uh, Mitch Lewandowski, and they just move the puck well, and they're they're a lot of fun to watch play. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would assume that that's your top line in all three of those players. Now, I'm going back from last year. Um, isn't Kotarenko, is, is that the young man from California? It is, yes. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess being from California, the way we have to look at this, and I think from your perspective, I don't know if this makes your job as far as recruiting easier or tougher, uh, but kids are all, for, for all over the United States now. They're playing hockey. Yeah, no, it, it's 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 really uh, you know it's it's a global thing, and, and the United States reflects that. And you know, there's kids from Texas and Florida and California and Colorado and Austin Matthews from Arizona. He's, he seems to be doing okay as well. So um, it, it's a lot of good hockey players all over the country. And um, you know what? It's it used to be in you know in the state here that. You know, we get we get some players in Michigan Wood, and uh, you could really base a team out of that. But you know, Notre Dame and Ohio State and, and everybody else and their brother uh, <laughs> comes into Michigan, and and as schools, we're doing the same thing. Everybody's branching out and uh, you know trying to put the best team together. But it's kind of neat in that sense, and, and you get some different guys in the locker room, and you know, we experience that with the U.S. team. I think we'd have you know usually ten or eleven states. I think we had a high of one point thirteen different states represented in our twenty two guys. So it's uh, you know the NHL has done a great job and they've moved into those markets and you know hockey's kind of taken off and I don't, I don't think that's a coincidence when I when I look at uh, uh, the state of Michigan specifically I know you're from here you obviously you coach here the development program um, is here you know we always hear and I always joke around with a, a couple of the wings that are from Minnesota about Minnesota hockey players versus Michigan hockey players and you've got the guys that used to be the 3ms and then Massachusetts uh, when you look at the state of hockey in the state of Michigan where do you think it is right now? I, I think it's outstanding. I think that, uh, you know, you just look at the, the lower levels and 
and how our teams do um, nationally. If you know whether it's bantams and midgets, and and then you look in the junior leagues and just the the number of kids uh, that are developing here in Michigan. So, you know, I, I think everybody's done a great job. I think the ADM has helped that. I think that's you know increased our base for kids moving up. And um, I'm I'm just real encouraged. And I thought, thought there was a lull a little while ago, but I think it's back and and kind of booming. And um, you just see more and more you know just fantastic young players coming out of here. And I think the and the women's side of uh, the game has grown tremendously too and that's hopefully something that'll keep growing in the state of Michigan as well. Yeah, that 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 would be nice. You know, I know I'm kind of jumping around here Dan and we only have you for a short period of time. Uh let's go uh, on the back end defensively some of the uh uh Spartans that the fans can expect to see uh, uh on the blue line uh, against Lake State. Well, you know, Zach Osborne is, is our one senior back there, and, and Zach's had a real good career. He's a young man from Michigan and played a couple years in the USHL. But, you know, he logs a lot of ice for us, and uh, he's a very dynamic player and, and skates real well and uh, is very noticeable out there and does a great job for us. Jared Rosberg is a uh, – He's a redshirted junior. He has another year left, but again, same, similar type player. Logs a lot of ice, uh, bigger guy, um, power point, pally kill, and, and those two really kind of anchor it, and they have to play with some of the younger guys and kind of carry them along. And then uh, Dennis is on as a freshman that has uh, a lot of points. He's on our number one power play, does a really good job with that, and so you'll see him out there with Taro and, and Kodorenko and um, just moves the puck real well, smart player, and uh, you know he's going to have a lot of points over his career at Michigan State. You know, it really sounds like the Spartans are starting to – to, to come together, cohesiveness, as you said, you know, you're a little bit older this year. Uh, let's talk about the the most important position on the ice, and that, of course, is in net uh, goaltending. Uh, and I have always equated Michigan State with great goaltending. Maybe it just goes back to Ryan Miller, but I can name off a, a number of guys. It always seems that the Spartans are solid in net. Yeah, it's been it's been a pretty good tradition, you know. And you have you know Ryan Miller, obviously, and Jeff Lerg winning the national title, and you know we have Bobby Asenza and, and Norm Foster. That's you know my first two years split every game, and you know got us to two national championship games, and you know certainly Jason Mazzotti, who's on our staff and was a first rounder to Calgary. There, there has been a really good history, and um, you know we've got John Letheman, who's a junior, and then Drew DeRitter, who came from the U.S. team, who's a true freshman, and you know they they both kind of had the had the reins a little bit at a time, and. Um, you know, uh, John started out, was kind of getting the bulk of the time, and then Drew had a real good couple of games, beat Minnesota, and then uh, we beat Michigan back-to-back. So, you know, he kind of took it over, and then they both played against uh, um, the U.S. team the other night and split the game and both didn't give up a goal. So, you know, a little consistency we're looking for back there. That's that's always the most important position, and good goalies make good coaches. But uh, they both done a really nice job, and, um, you know, they're, they're battling out, and that's, you know, best to – you know, our buddy Dave Starman always says the best way to have a, a good number one is to have a really good number two. So I think they push <laughs> each other, and that's a good thing. Right. It really sounds like that. Let's look at the tournament as a whole. This is the second year. Uh, it's at Little Caesars Arena uh, on the 30th and 31st. And I keep reminding fans, uh, on the 31st, you're going to get the uh, third-place game at 11 a.m. and then the championship game at 2.30. And then the Red Wings are going to take on the uh, – Florida Panthers uh, at 7:30 in their traditional New Year's Eve game at uh, at Joe Louis Arena. Red Wings have played New Year's Eve for forever, unless they're in one of those outdoor uh, uh, games. But uh, I'm kind of curious. Uh, uh, Nothing against Joe Louis Arena. I think we all loved it. I know you played there and you've been in this tournament, but how about moving to Little Caesars Arena? The 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 atmosphere when that building is full is almost second to none. 
Oh, it was uh, it was amazing there last year. We had the two Great Lakes games, and I thought the attendance was was excellent. And uh, you know, even though we had a couple of um, of odd days, I think we were Monday and Tuesday, yeah. and uh, um, you know the the thirty first and the first. But I thought it worked out real well. And then we had the duel in the D later with with uh, University of Michigan, and it was an outstanding crowd. I think it was. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a sellout, but it was pretty darn close. But it, it's an amazing arena, and it's 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 worth going down there. Just to, it's like walking in a museum and going around. And, and uh, the Illiches did a outstanding job, and really. Um, you know, I don't know if they forgot anything. They probably haven't found it yet, but uh, <laughs> seemed like they they put everything in. It's just it's a fabulous arena. I haven't seen it's the best arena I've seen. I've been in most NHL ones, and it's just uh, uh, it's it's great for our guys to go down, and it's it's uh, it's a wonderful feeling to be there and play there. You know, you played there as as I said, you played in the GLI. You've obviously uh, uh, coached in it last year. Uh, when you walk in, do you, are you overcome with emotion or anything, or do you try to explain to the team what the GLI means maybe to you personally? Personally, and what it means to Michigan State University. Well, we, we try and pass that on, and um, you know we've we've got three of us uh, on the staff: Brad Pass and Chris Longo, myself, that all played here at Michigan State. And you want to pass that along. I'm, you know, I, I don't know emotional. I'm probably a little more on the stoic side of things, but um, I, I, you know, there is a. Uh, uh, target on this tournament from the beginning of the year. We kind of look forward to it, and um, you know you want to build it up to be too much because then you know you get to the you know you go past excited and get into the nervous and anxiety. So, um, but it but it is a marker on our calendar, and it is something that you know we want to win. And there's only a few banners you can hang. And one of them that we have at the end of month is you know GLI championships, and uh, we'd love to add another one to that. Well, when you look at it, and you know, you you mentioned him earlier, but you know, Coach Mason, who I knew very well and treated me uh, very well over the years. Uh, I, I I mean, I I would imagine are there times, and I'm not, I know you said that you're stoic, but when you sit back and you're in that office at Mon and you kind of take it all in, and you, you know, you're where you want to be. You're at your alma mater. You're the head hockey coach. Uh, uh, you know, the program is is on the is 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 on the upswing. That you know, do you uh, you think? around much or you know is he is he part of maybe maybe your daily routine in a weird way well it, it's hard not to think of him i mean he was he was such a big part of our lives and you know back then you know pretty much all of us played four years and you know you're 18 to 22 that's a pretty formative time in your life and uh you know mace was a was a good teacher a great teacher and um and a, and a great man and and it really impacted all of us so you know and i spent a lot of time once i started coaching uh, that's probably when i i talked to him the most uh mm-hmm. was you know going through that and having something you can call him in florida and you know he'd love to talk about the power play or wasn't shy about telling you what you were doing wrong and it was uh it was always a it was just a fun thing but you know he's all over that program there and that was you know one of my goals was you know to tie the tie the past uh in into the present and, and carry that through to the future and you know coach Bassoni and coach Mason coach Conley I mean you know those guys won national championships at Michigan State and they're they're a huge part of it and uh, um I think it's a, it's a good thing for our guys to to know about them we talk about them an awful lot and uh you know that's a that's a huge part of our program, and um, we owe him a lot. And one thing we owe him is get the program back where he had it. You know, I I really think that uh, the one thing that I've always liked about about college athletics, and and certainly, and this is why I like covering professional hockey, especially maybe when you're privileged enough to cover an original six team like I did. But it is that sense of tradition and really having, as corny as it sounds, pride putting that uniform on. I mean, I think it's really. Uh, uh, a testament maybe to the sport or to college athletics where 
you know, they know the history, I guess, of their game and, and, and what it means to be uh, a Michigan State Spartan. Well, that, you know, that, that is a big part of it. And, um, you know, we talk to the guys a lot. And pro hockey is an awful lot of fun. But, you know, the relationships are different. You know, you, you, you know, you go to the rink and your buddy who's in the locker next to you is gone. And, um, you know, it, it's more of a business where I think in college, that you know, there's a little more camaraderie. You are playing for a school. Um, you're, you know, there's just, just a, maybe a little more community to it. So, you know, it's something I've always enjoyed. I, uh, I'm not a guy I can't. I'm not one of those guys that can remember, hey, this shift and this game and this happened. And, um, but I do remember some things in, in, in my career playing. And, you know, probably one of the most prominent ones was, you know, we beat Maine in the last third place game they had at the Final Four. Uh, way back when in 89, I think, and uh, take him off my jersey for the last time. It took me a long time to, to pull the Spartan jersey off. And, you know, fortunately now I've got a chance to come back and, and wear the green and white and work there. And um, Hopefully the, the guys on the team will have those kinds of feelings, those kind of emotions and, and memories of, uh, of of the university when they leave. Right, and I, I would imagine the way marketing is today, you've got a lot more green and white uh, Michigan State swag that you can choose from now. So I got, I'm going to have to build an addition on the house to, to get these uh, Nike MSU shirts to, somewhere to, to rest. But, yeah, there's, there's a lot of green and white uh, clothes around here. <laughs> Uh, uh, finally, one final question is that I, I, you, you play the 4 o'clock game on the 30th uh, against Lake State, uh, and then hopefully you advance uh, to the championship game. I know uh, certainly uh, all four coaches want to do that uh, uh, the next day uh, on the 31st on New Year's Eve. Uh, what do you think it's going to take to, uh, uh, to beat Lake State? Well, you know what, our... Uh our, our formula for success is, is is pretty simple. If we, you know, if we play fast, uh, we make good decisions uh, with the puck, you know, between the between the blue lines and um, get some pucks on that. We're not a bad team, and that's really just hey, keeping it simple and and playing hard and trying, you know, trying to get some pucks behind their defensemen and play that way. And that's, you know, when we've done that, we've had success this year. And when we get away from it, um, we're a pretty average hockey team. So you know, hopefully, we can. Just back on that and uh, play that way and our goal is to play the second game both days well Danton Cole head coach at Michigan State University it's always a pleasure talking to you I enjoy it. you're insightful uh, you're candid and uh, uh, I, I really uh, uh, learn a lot when I talk to, I talk to you yeah, best of luck against uh, uh, against Lake State and uh, continued success and uh, thanks for joining us on the Red and White Authority thanks Danton all right thanks a lot Art. take care that will conclude episode 92 of the Red and White Authority presented by Labatt. I'd like to thank Danton Cole, the head coach of Michigan State University, and Damon Witten, the head coach of Lake Superior State, as they will clash on Sunday, December 30th in Game 2 of the GLI. Uh, up first is the Michigan-Michigan Tech game at 1 o'clock. And then don't forget on Monday, December 31st, New Year's Eve Day, the third place game of the GLI will take place at 11.30 a.m. And the winners of Sunday's contest will meet in the GLI Championship at 2.30. And then after the GLI Championship is decided, the Red Wings take the ice. It's a triple header on New Year's Eve Day slash night as the Red Wings will host the Florida Panthers in their traditional New Year's Year's Eve game. So on behalf of everyone who puts together the Red and White Authority all year long, uh, me, Andrew Kristoff, uh, Stacey Burlingame, and also Dana Wakiji, have a very pleasant new year. And uh, thank you for tuning in to the Red and White Authority. This has been episode 92 presented by Labatt. I'm Art Regner, and again, Happy New Year. <laughs>